freedom controlling your time is the highest dividend money pays the highest form of wealth is the ability to wake up early morning and say i can do whatever i want today people want to become wealthier to make them happier happier happiness is a complicated subject because everyone's different but if there's a common denominator in happiness a universal fuel of joy it's that people want to control their lives the ability to do what you want when you want with who you want for as long as you want is priceless it is the highest dividend money pays Angus Campbell was a psychologist at the University of Michigan born in 1910 his research took place during an age when psychology was overwhelmingly focused on disorders that brought people down things like depression anxiety schizophrenia Campbell wanted to know what made people happy his 1918 book the sense of well-being in america starts by pointing out that people are generally happier than many psychologists assumed but some were clearly doing better than others and you couldn't necessarily group them by income or geography or education because so many in each of those categories end up chronically unhappy the most powerful common denominator of happiness was simple campbell summed it up having a strong sense of controlling one's life is more dependable predator of positive feelings of well-being than any of the subject conditions of life we have considered more than your salary more than the size of your house more than the prestige of your job control over doing what you want when you want to with the people you want to as the broadest lifestyle variable that makes people happy money's greatest intrinsic value and this can't be overstated is its ability to give you control over your time to obtain bit by bit a level of independence and autonomy that comes from unspent assets that give you greater control over what you can do and when you can do it a small amount of wealth means the ability to take a few day days off work when you are sick without breaking the blank bank gaining the gaining that ability is huge if you don't have it a bit more means waiting for a good job to come around after you get laid off rather than having to take the first one a first one you find that can be life changing six months emergency expenses means not being terrified of your boss because you know you want to be you won't be ruined if you have to take some time off and to find a new job more still means the ability to do to take a job with lower pay but flexible hours maybe one with one maybe one with a shorter commute or being able to deal with a medical emergency without the added burden of worrying about how you will pay for it then there's a retiring when you want to instead of when you need to using your money to buy time and options has a lifestyle benefit few luxury goods can compete with throughout college i wanted to be an investment banker the there was only one reason why they made a lot of money that was the only drive and i was and one i was 100% positive would make me happier once i got it i scored a summer internship at an investment bank in los angeles in my junior year i thought i won't i won the career lottery that is all i ever wanted on my first day i realized why investment bankers make a lot of money 
they work longer and more controlled hours than I knew humans could handle. Actually, most can't handle it. Going home before midnight was considered a luxury and there was a saying in the office. If you don't come to work on Saturday, don't bother to don't bother coming back on Sunday. The job was intellectually stimulating, paid well and made me feel important. But every waking second of my time became a slave of to my boss's demand, which was enough to turn it into one of the most miserable experiences of my life. It was a four-month internship. I lasted a month. The hardest thing about this was that I loved the work and I wanted to work hard, but doing something but doing something you love on a schedule you can't control can feel the same as doing something you hate. There is a name for this feeling. Psychologists call it reactance. John R. Berger, a marketing professor at the University of Pennsylvania, summed it up well. People like to feel like they are in control in the driver's seat. When we try to get them to do something, they feel disempowered rather than feeling like they made the choice. They feel like we made it for them, so they say no or do something else, even when they might have originally been happy to go along. When you accept how true that statement is, you realize that aligning money towards a life that lets you do what you want, when you want, with who you want, where you want for as long as you want has an incredible return. Derek Sivers, a successful entrepreneur, once wrote about a friend who asked him to tell the story about how he got rich. I had a day job in Midtown, Manhattan, paying $20k per year about minimum wage. I never ate out and never took a taxi. My cost of living was about $1,000 per month. I was earning $1,800 per month. I did this for two years, saved up to saved up $12,000. I was 22 years old. Once I had $12,000, I could quit my job and become a full-time musician. I knew I could get a few gigs per month to pay my cost of living, so I was free. I quit my job a month later and never had a job again. When I finished telling my friend this story, he asked for more. I said, no, that was it. He said, no, what about when you sold your company? I said, no, that didn't make a difference in my life. That was just more money in the bank. The difference happened when I was 22. The United States is the richest nation in the history of the world, but there is little evidence that, is, that its citizens are on average happier today than they were in the 1950s when wealth and income were much lower, even at the median level and adjusted for inflation. A 2019 Gallup poll of 140,000 people in 140 countries found that about 45% of Americans said they felt a lot of worry. The previous day, the global average was 39%. 55% of Americans said they felt a lot of stress the previous day. For the rest of the world, 35% said the same. Part of what's happened here is what we have used our greater wealth to buy bigger and better stuff. But we have simultaneously given up more control over our time. At best, things, things, at best those things cancel each other out. Median family income adjusted for inflation was $29,000 in 1955. In 2019, it was just over $62,000. We have used that wealth to live a life hardly conceivable to the 1950s American. Even for a median family, the median American home increased from 983 square feet in 1950 to 2,436 square feet in 2018. The average new American home now has more bathrooms than occupants.
our cars are faster and more efficient our TVs are cheaper and sharper what's happened to our time on the other hand barely looks like progress and a lot of reason has to do with the kind of jobs more of us now have John D Rockefeller was one of the most successful businessmen of all the time he was also a recluse spending most of his time by himself he rarely spoke deliberately making himself inaccessible and staying quiet when you got his attention a refinery worker who occasionally had rockefeller's ears once in a month he lets everybody else talk while he sits back and says nothing when asked about his silence during meetings Rock- rockefeller often recited a poem a wise old owl lived in an oak the more he saw the less he spoke the less he spoke the more he heard why aren't we all like that wise old bird Rockefeller was a strange guy but he figured out something that now applies to tens of millions of workers Rockefeller's job wasn't to drill wells load trains or move barrels it was to think and make good decisions Rockefeller's product his deliverable wasn't what he did with his hands or even his words it was what he figured out inside his head so that's where he spent most of his time and energy Despite sitting quietly most of the day in what might have looked like free time or leisure hours to most people he was constantly working in his mind thinking problems through this was unique in his day almost all jobs during rockefeller's time during uh, required doing things with your hands in 1870s 46% of jobs were in agriculture and 35% were in crafts or manufacturing according to the economist robert gordon few professions relied on a worker's brain you don't you didn't think you labored without interruption and your work was visible and tangible today that's flipped 38% of jobs are now designated as managers officials and professionals these are decision making jobs another 41% are service jobs that often rely on your thoughts as much as your actions more of us have jobs that look closer to rockefellers than a typical 1950s manufacturing worker which means our days don't end when we clock out and leave the factory we are constantly working in our heads which means it feels like work never end if your job is to build cars there is little you can do when you are not on the assembly line you detach from work and leave your tools in the factory but if your job is to create a marketing campaign a thought based on decision job your tool is your head which never leaves you you might be thinking about your project during your commute as you are making dinner while you put your kids to sleep and when you wake up stressed at 3 in the morning you might be on the clock for fewer hours than you would be in 1950 but it feels like you are working 24/7 derek thompson's of the atlantic once described it like this If the operating equipment of the 21st century is a portable device this means the modern history is not a place at all it is the day itself the computer age has liberated the tools of productivity from the office most knowledge workers whose laptops and smartphones are portable all purpose media making machines can theoretically be as productive at 2 pm in the main office as the 2 am in the tokyo we work or at midnight on the couch Compared to generations prior control over your time has diminished and since controlling our time is such a key happiness influencer we shouldn't be surprised that people don't feel much happier even though we are on average rather than ever what we 
what do we do about that it's not an easy problem to solve because everyone's different the first step is merely acknowledging what does and does not make almost everyone happy in this book 30 lessons for living uh, gerontologist carl pelimer interviewed a thousand elder, elderly americans looking for the most common important lessons they learned from decades of their life experiences he wrote no one not a single person out of a thousand said that to be happy you should try to work as hard as you can to make money to buy the things you want no one not a single person said it's important to be a least at least as wealthy as the people around around you and if you have more than they do it's real success no one not a single person said you should choose your work based on your desired future earning power what they did value were things like quality friendships being part of something bigger than themselves and spending quality and structured time with their children your kids don't want your money or what your money buys anywhere near as such as much as they want you specifically they want you with them pelimer writes take it from those who have lived through everything controlling your time is the highest dividend money pays now a short story now 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 short chapter on one of the lowest dividends money pays